Welcome to the Purpose Cycle Podcast. This podcast helps listeners realize and manifest their dream lives. Here's a little taste of what we've got in store for you today. When you're running your own business and you step outside, there's no hiding from anything. You're, you've, you've got to deal with, with every aspect. And now you're selling yourself rather than trying to sell somebody else's product and whatever it might be. A lot of what I, I look at or look around is the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, if you're familiar with that. I, I, I'd say you're not, you're not taking feedback personally. Um, so you don't have these um, imposter syndromes, the fear of perfectionism, all these sort of um, the self-worth issues kicking in. So for me, a purpose is, um, it's a meaningful mission that's important to you, but is impossible to achieve. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Purpose Cycle podcast. My guest today promises to change the way success in business is measured to something that is more than just money. He is an award-winning business coach, multiple author and international speaker and the owner of Business Enjoyment. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome our guest, Andrew Miller. Andrew, how are you today? I'm fantastic. Thank you, Jonathan. Yes, and uh, thank you for uh, having me on. Looking forward to uh, the conversation and... Uh, and just the the concept of the podcast itself, just a great uh, great idea. I love oh, it. Me, me too. Thank you. Um, first of all, could you introduce yourself to the listeners? Maybe expand on some of the the points I touched on in the intro. Yeah. Uh, so, if one to put me in a box and label me, which people like to do, you'd put me in the category of business coach. But it, it's uh, and that's certainly something I can do. But it feels like that's a little limiting because I'm I'm I'm, I'm Whenever you go into business, you keep told people keeping told you have to niche, you have to target, you have to be really specific and mm. and embrace your strength. And I, I'm thinking I'm embracing my the concept that I'm I'm a jack of all trades. To be honest, right. yeah. <laughs> um, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, so business enjoyment is almost a movement, as you say. It's trying to change the way the perception of how we uh, look at success, and specifically in business. Um, I think when you when you talk to anybody individually, they've got their own drives their own desires but in society it's still pretty much down to how much money we make that's that comes with everything's based on sales profits turnover look at the ft index uh look at the newspapers it's all about money and and i'll tell you why um uh, I, I appreciate that money is important i want to give a background but so i'm not against money it's just when that's all you focus on uh, you, you miss out on a lot and you can lead to stress and uh all the, the challenges to so sacrificing one for the other is where the problems arise mm. um but um, yeah so I, I i started life uh, as an accountant hooray which is always a a a great uh opening line at any party to draw people in and get them uh, get the conversation going uh but even better i used to be an insolvency practitioner uh, so I was the grim reaper that would come in when a company went bust and take control of it. And, and again, at parties, people are now making their excuses and leaving and uh, <laughs> I'm stood alone by myself. Um, but uh, the bottom line was for about best part of 17 years, I was running businesses. That's what that's what I did um, you, you, without much notice. Take control. You're in charge. Trade it. Uh, negotiate with the customers and negotiate with the suppliers. Get the, the, uh, the staff on board. Um, get the controls in place, monitor the cash, monitor, uh, negotiate the, the sale, all every aspect of a business, boom, you know, you're in charge of. 
Uh, it's a great experience and um, ran just about every kind of business you could possibly imagine. Um, worked in this country, worked abroad. Um, and uh, and yeah, so I never regret doing that, but it's obviously in a, a, uh, uh, a dark situation. It's not the lightest of, of <laughs> situations. It's a buzz when you're doing it, but for the people that are going through it, it's, it's traumatic. Um, and then I had one of those moments um it was at a, a a training event that was put on for us and uh someone asked us to write down uh our values what's important to us the things that we consider to be um uh critical uh, that we need to have and write that down on a bit of paper and then do the same thing for uh the values of the firm as to how we perceive them not what's written up on the wall and the handy little uh iconographic bit of bit of paper but uh, actually how you perceive it and uh, and the intention was to sort of get those closer together, see if more in line with your business, work, the company you work with. And I wrote mine down and wrote theirs down. And I looked at them and I thought, hmm, you thought there'd be at least one overlapping. <laughs> and they were so differential. And it was just that moment of, oh, yes, I hate my job. <laughs> I just realised. Um, and, and it's one of those things you you you. You go to school, you get you pass your exams, you follow that as far as you can. You end up going in a job, you follow a career. You just you just mm. think through that path. You never think about it, and you, you there's almost an expectation that you don't enjoy your job. You just put up with it, and if you can enjoy it, that's a bonus, you know. Um, and the more and more I spoke to people, the more people people I spoke to, they weren't enjoying what they were doing either. And it's like, hang on, this is crazy. <laughs> What's going on? So um, that set me on then that path of. I need to get out. I need to do something different. Um, I need to uh, get away from this. And uh, around that sort of time, I was getting more involved with the people side of stuff, leading teams. Uh, there was a particular role I was getting that was uh, like the person to go to with any sort of personal issue outside of the actual job. So whether that was stuff at home, whatever it might be, and uh, and found I was I really enjoyed that. Really enjoyed just sitting down with people and 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 solving their problems. And sometimes it's not me solving their problems, it's just, just to be there to listen or whatever it might be. Yeah. And I'd never heard of, um, I never heard of coaching at that stage. Um, and uh, speaking with other people, that sort of, that word drifted across when I, so I started exploring that. And um, ultimately ended up getting uh, retrained and qualified in the coaching space. And um, 10 years ago now, um, decided I need to make a decision. And um, at the height of the recession, <laughs> when insolvency is booming and new businesses should uh, uh, fear to tread, decided to leave and uh, set my own business up. <laughs> Amazing. Well, incredibly brave move as well. You talk about, yes, there was a middle of a, a recession, um, but also coaching until fairly recently from anyway, from my point of view, uh, might be different for yourself being involved in that, that business world. But it seems like quite an American thing. Uh, that was obviously coming over to the UK and it was very, very popular. And then coming over to, to Britain where quite a lot of people may feel uh, in, in a typical British fashion, I can get through things myself. I'm okay that, you know, stiff upper lip. So how how do you sort of uh, pitch your your ideas and, and, and recommend, you know, to people that coaching is the, the best way forward for them? Uh, with challenge. Because <laughs> you're right, and and ten years ago, um, it uh, it was something that wasn't really heard of, and I 
I started in a very specific niche with a very particular target. Um, going back to that comment about, oh, you should niche, and I'm sort of reversing that. But I think you've got to get the experience as well. So, again, no regrets. Uh, but because of my background and what was going on at the time, um, I, I focused on providing personal support to business owners going through an insolvency. Because when that's all going on, when you're losing everything, that you've built and that comes crashing around. Yes, you've got the people, the, the the job that I had done and the other accountants and business and banks and that kind of thing to look at the business, but that's really all they're interested in. They're just focusing on getting the numbers right and getting their money back. No one's looking after the person that's actually running it, whose savings are in it, whose emotions are in it, whose life's in it. And uh, it's a traumatic experience. And there was nobody giving that sort of level of support. So I a gap in the market tapped into my skills tapped into my experience so went very very specific um so uh arguably foolhardly <laughs> uh in an arena where coaching is not that well known into a space where it's really not known you know totally didn't exist uh, and in yorkshire <laughs> so you know even the extreme version of what you've just said i mean it's bad enough yeah. that if up a lip in British uh, society, but <laughs> try selling coaching in Yorkshire 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, so I set myself a challenge. <laughs> There's no denying it. Um, and um, one of the things that I, I did to sort of spread the word was, was where my first book came from. And, um, and ultimately it came about from speaking to marketers and that sort of thing. And they were saying how to find your tribe and find your clients and they were all talking about going on to LinkedIn and find a group where your tribe hang out and then contribute and add value and then they start coming all the, the usual stuff that still applies today and I thought well that will make perfect sense but there isn't a LinkedIn group for people about to go bust because you don't you don't advertise it it's one of those yeah, things you great point whatever um so this sort of thing that that sort of method didn't exist but you play around with it and you think, okay, what if one of those groups did exist? What would it look like? And I kind of quickly got to the step of, well, there may not be people going through it, but there might be people who've been through it and want to give back, want to share their stories, still in their wounds, want to help, whatever it might be. So what about if I tap, try and find people who've, who've been through an insolvency and then that will make other people feel comfortable share their stories or, or open up when they're going through it. And it's step from there to actually forget the LinkedIn group. <laughs> Too complicated. Well, I just find these people, interview them, get their stories. Then I've got blogs and articles and things like that. Yeah. And uh, over time, as I started meeting these people, drawing their stories out and all the rest of it, I realized, mm, book here. Um, great content, lots of good themes coming through with my experience and knowledge of the, the space. Mm. And, uh, and yeah, pulled together my first book. So it, it takes a... Um, uh, uh looks at a business cycle as it goes through from things being a little bit rocky all the way through to uh, to through insolvency and then trying to get back up again and how that impacts the business owners going through and the idea behind it was here you go here's a here's a here's a testimony of where support's needed why support's needed and how you can help and and use that as a way to um uh, get people talking about it because it's not like the advisor saying i you need to do this. This is what other people say and brings that third party element in. Yeah. Um, so I suppose being uh, having testimonies, case studies, things that are relatable, that when people do read and stumble upon these articles, I think, yeah, that sounds like what we're going through. Maybe it's yeah. time to, to get in touch. And then you're in that space. It's not just me. 
Mm. It's not just me. Other people think like that, and it, it feels safer to open up because when you think when you're in that, and it isn't just insolvency. It's anything where there's stress or you know, it's like if you're in a job that you don't enjoy or whatever it might be, you think it's just you, and the walls shut down. But as soon as you recognize other people going through the same thing, it gives you permission to have a conversation. Yeah. And that's always the first step. Have a conversation with somebody and then it opens up opportunities and possibilities. Um, so, yeah. Um, ah, well, might be quite of a, a sort of layered question here. But when you started small and in that niche and direct and you wanted to open it out then to many different forms of coaching, um, we talk for in the purpose cycle about a realization stage. So four different strands, um, firstly being of the task, realization of the task. So that the task might be more difficult than you envisaged or, or maybe easier than you envisaged. So you had to, to work at, at refining that craft. Was there any, anything in, in that aspect of moving away from business and opening up the, the coaching services that you had to think, right, I need to go and learn this. I need to refine this completely <laughs> i mean you step out and you think all right i've got this plan i'm going to do this a b c and d this will work and then six months later none of it's worked <laughs> you realize that you haven't a clue how these things operate you've got to go and completely relearn how people think how to get in front of people and all the rest of it um and the key thing most importantly was was the self-development yeah. so when you're in a corporate environment you're kind of shielded from a lot of stuff because it kind of happens around you. So you still have your, you obviously have your frictions and your interpersonal dynamics and arguments with the boss and all these sort of things. But when you're running your own business and you step outside, there's no hiding from anything. You're, you've, you've got to deal with, with every aspect. And now you're selling yourself rather than trying to sell somebody else's products and whatever it might be. So it threw up all these things, uh, these challenges, my inability to, to, bring people up, contact them, try and sell whatever it might be. These, these issue, internal issues started coming up. And uh, I, so whilst trying to improve my business skills, I also had the same time work on um, what's going on inside to say, work out why I was feeling that way, why, why, what these barriers were and um, what I could do to get out, out, out of my own way sort of thing. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, for me, that's one of the fundamental things always has been is, is, business at the end of the day is pretty simple <laughs> you know it's it's find something that people need and sell it for a price that's higher than it costs you to deliver it bottom line <laughs> i mean in a nutshell yeah the only thing that stops us being successful is us yeah and I, I like the way you you've used the language of us and i and it's taking that responsibility that self that ownership inward thinking and that was another strand of realization realization of self so you've you've kind of covered really how you had to go on this journey yourself to make sure that you really strengthened your practice mm. um, to build the coaching and build the um obviously the writing as well the other two strands of, of realization were realization of environment and realization of others and these can kind of intertwine as well because you know you're leaving the the corporate world um I'm not sure of the, 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 the dynamic situation that you were in at the time, you know, um, family wise and, and with your, with the, the, the money that you'd accumulated in the, in the corporate world must be quite a risk then going into, like you said before, the, the self-employment coaching world, especially during a recession. So, so how did you battle those potential barriers that you, that you could have faced or maybe did face? The, the decision to leave was, 
in, in terms of that, uh, um, the, the the safety issues were what I, is, would be my interpretation of that. Yeah. So, uh, earning all this money to not earning all this money, basically. Yeah. Uh, and that bit was actually quite easy to rationalise because um, underneath everything, with the experience and the job that I'd had and with everything that was going on, I knew that if I if it didn't work, if I changed my mind, I could walk into a job at any stage. There was a, there would be always be a demand with somebody of my experience for a period of time until now, now it's too late. <laughs> you know, I've been out of it too long. I could probably yeah. still pick up a few things. Um, but I always knew I could step back in. So uh, that was okay. Um, we'd, we'd made provision. Uh, I'd earned all right. Um, we'd paid off the mortgage. We had some savings. You know, there was my, my wife was still earning. Right. We don't have kids. <laughs> the costs are, are slightly right. So the yeah. risks actually aren't that high financially. The, the challenge were all personal ones. It was actually... A, leaving the people that i worked with was the hard thing because i i got on with them there was never an issue between with me and the the people i worked with they were a great bunch of people and leaving them felt like a betrayal or whatever you want to call it it was that was the nervous thing and you know i i, I lost friends because of my decision i made to do i had people crying because i because i was leaving all these sort of things um now later on when i start doing the internal reflection of stuff one of the big thing issues for me was a fear of rejection um and i'd worked that back to things that happened in my past to 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 to, to when i was very young eventually but i didn't know that at the time but most of the issues i had were fear of rejection mm. um and and again that's what that's why it was ch selling something was difficult because i had to ring somebody that wasn't expecting my call interrupt their day try and force my stuff on in my head there's something they might not want you know all these sort of things and and then i offer my stuff and they reject that they don't want it this is all true stuff for me and and obviously from leaving work that's that thing is this leaving that tribe and the people i'm comfortable around so for me that was the real challenge mm. uh, so I could put all the financial things in place, but again, it comes back to that personal thing where the real yeah. hurdle. And that environmental realization of like this, this environment is is ready for me to 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 leave because you said it was quite an easy decision to rationalize. A lot of people kick back to the aspiration phase and try and think of a, a new purpose cycle because they are too afraid to move past that realization of environment. Uh, they may make excuses as well. You know, you could have very easily stayed because of your colleagues wanting wanting you to stay and and not you know feeling like you're betraying them why do you think so many people do you give up at that stage on on making that leap and, and kick back to the norm safety um we you you know some of the stuff and the, and the the I know we may touch it later on but a, a lot of what I I look at or look around is the Maslow's hierarchy of needs if you're familiar with that and and whilst I'm not necessarily attached to it being a the hierarchy element, I think all things kick in. But at the bottom are well, uh, the key things: are the physiological needs and the making sure that we can eat and um, we got a roof over our heads and all those sort of basic needs. And then we've got a belonging need, so that we're with the people that we um, we like. And walking away from a job challenges both of those things straight away suddenly you're moving to the risk of not having any money. So all the alarm bells going off doing, how am I going to feed the family? How am I going to live? All these sort of things. Yes, I've got savings. We're watching them ratchet down can, you know, set stuff off. Plus you're walking away from people that you're 
your tribe as i mentioned before so so the, the, the straight away these are the two two of the key levels of, of maslow that have been tripped so it's gonna it needs to be a very big motivation to push mm. plus if you're moving into an area which is new or slightly new or not different you know you've, you've been um if you've been doing a job for a number of years as, and you're comfortable with it um you're moving into a new space where suddenly you're not so good suddenly your uh your your abilities are challenged and that starts hitting your next level which is around esteem so all of these things are ro are being rocked by moving away from the status quo to somewhere new and and i think without a clear desire or reason for moving if you don't know specifically what it's going to be but there needs that powerful shift to move to um it, it, you often get stuck so it took me four years to leave to, to go from the i want to leave to actually leaving there was lots of stuff that happened in the in the tween time it could be all day if we went through that um but but making that decision to move from something is quite easy it's that decision to step towards something which is where the real trick happens and unless you know where you're stepping towards usually you're going to get dragged back to the place you were before yeah and that's the um how i describe the initiation stage so that getting started that first movement um you said you said there about knowing where you're going so so is that really your advice then to anybody who is wanting to leave and having that realization but cannot quite get to the initiation phase of i need to now take that step not necessarily i'm saying why why it can hold it back i think yeah. if you do know that then that helps but sometimes that leap of faith is required because if you've really worked out that the from is bad enough, then sometimes just that leap of faith is enough. And it, or or an approximate direction. I don't know where it is yet, but somewhere over there, I know it's a dance site better than here. Uh, yeah. my, my wife, for example, she did it, took a similar choice. She was, um, she was an accountant as well. Hooray, what parties we had at home. It's all right, accountants are fine. They're just self-deprecating. So, <laughs> we met we, we met all those years ago when we first did our training um she was working at yorkshire building society um and had one of those moments where she realized oh my god i'm still you know 20 years away 25 years away from retirement i don't want to be here in 20 years time but had no idea what she wanted to do um but it got to a point where she knew she didn't want to be there anymore and so she left without a, a clue as to what she was going to do just went that's it I'm not going to work it out whilst I'm here and I know I need to work it out. So she just quit. Um, and, um, and then became a voice artist. So <laughs> oh. <laughs> very different, but without incredible. leaving. Yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Um, and it's great that obviously the, the both of you have, have managed to, to take that leap of faith and how important do you think that is that environment of people around you, that circle uh, of uh, surrounding yourself with really positive people who can encourage you and, um, I think I've read it before with Sir Alex Ferguson um, talking about fountains and drains and surrounding yourself with fountains, people who give uh, rather than people who take away. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's critical. And then I think a, a lot of the cases and certainly in my case, you had to find them. I didn't really have them when I made the decision. And that, that doesn't mean that's and this isn't having a negative word on those people. It's just they weren't necessarily um of the view let's take my parents for example all very supportive and helpful and kind and all that kind of stuff there's no negative but they didn't get it absolutely didn't understand what what i was doing they knew i didn't want to be where i was but in their mind that meant getting a different job <laughs> no one setting your own business up isn't the thing you do 
and I'd be speaking to them every week and it would be, I'd sort of, uh, I celebrate because I've got a new client and then it would be like, okay, so just the one or, <laughs> oh, and how much are you pay paying you? Oh, it's not very much. And then those little questions, have you thought about, you know, getting a job or looking after yourself? So their fears were feeding through into me and that's not what I needed. They were doing it from the right place, but it was um, coming through wrong. So it just got to the point where I would just not talk to about my, my work. I would just say, yeah, everything's fine. It's brilliant. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you. Anyway, <laughs> how's, yeah. how's, how's, how's the grandkids or whatever it might be, you know, yeah. um, and move the, sub, move the topic on. Uh, so it, 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 it so the, the the most people stepping out of business then go through a phase of trying to find their new uh, tribe and you know there are networking events out there for example which I was totally unaware of for professional networking events where you become a member and you regularly meet the same sort of people regularly and so uh, and so these these thrive because they're helping people get work and uh, you, you belong to a, a group and you support each other. So again, the first two levels of Maslow being ticked off straight away. So they, they're a very supportive uh, environment. Um, but then again, uh, yeah, so th there's stuff out there, but again, within that, you've then got to find the right people that are right for you and attract you. But, but to get the right kind of people, you need to understand who you are <laughs> and be prepared to open yourself up so they see the real you rather than the one you've been hiding behind for the last 20 years. Yeah. Amazing. And we keep referring back to Maslow. I want to uh, dive a bit deeper into that now because we're we're now into like the creation phase of the purpose cycle in which is the day-to-day -day fulfilling of your needs essentially and 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 what you do during the day to to build and and progress as a person and professionally. So so why was it that and you might touch on your definition of purpose in this as well. Mm -hmm. How was it then that you you used obviously Maslow's hierarchy to help shape your um values your premise of view of, of business enjoyment yeah well i went through um i moved on from the insolvency stuff i would got to the point where that, that was actually um had ticked a lot of boxes i was, I was talking to government about a, a a system of supporting people and all these sort of things but it wasn't actually moving in a direction that was actually providing with me any money so uh, i had to sort of step away from that and and move into some more generic business coaching and i was working with somebody else and doing, doing well and um but there became a point where i thought this isn't quite right i'm just not quite fitting and i, and I went through a process of who is it i really um like to work with what's going on with them and what is it i actually do and it was actually a, a film that inspired me to to really drive down which was um there's a film called rise of the guardians i think it's by dreamworks um you'll know it if you've seen it because hugh jackman plays the easter bunny that's not something you're going to forget. Yeah, <laughs> but um, but it's about the uh, you've got the Easter Bunny, you've got Santa Claus, you've got the um, uh, sleep, you've got the Tooth Fairy, you've got all these sort of images, and they all come together to destroy nightmare. But the the hero is Chris Pine, who's the um, Jack Frost, and there's this discussion with Santa Claus, and Santa Claus is saying to him, uh, "Who are you really? What is it that you're actually about?" And Jack Frost doesn't really understand it. And Santa Claus is sort of saying, look, I'm all these things. He's Russian. I don't know why they've got a Russian Santa Claus, but they have. Um, but he shows these Russian dolls. And he says, look, I have all these different layers. Sometimes I'm quite strong and aggressive. Sometimes I'm angry. Sometimes I'm jolly. Sometimes I'm happy. Each time revealing a different layer underneath the, 
the, uh, the the Russian doll until right at the center. But all of these things at the heart are the same. And for me, Santa Claus, it's magic. And at the center, every, the, the white, and there's a little wide-eyed baby right in the middle. And everything I do, magic, the ma creating that magic for everybody runs through absolutely everything I do. What's at your heart? What's at your center? And that just would make me go, oh, right, that's me not sleeping for a couple of nights. <laughs> and, uh, and, and led me to go through that exercise and what I did for people. And, and ultimately, I got down to that the people I was working with weren't in that situation where they were desperate to make more money or, or whatever. It's just they weren't happy. There was something that was in their life that they, they, they're just making them a little bit miserable. And by the end of it, they're enjoying life a lot better. And, and from there came this concept of business enjoyment. That's, that's well, hang on. I've been working with, I was in a job which I didn't enjoy. Uh, then I was working with business owners that weren't enjoying what they're doing because so they're losing everything. Then I'm meeting people who are actually doing okay in business and they're kind of not enjoying what they're doing. Hang on, this isn't right. What's the point of running your own business if you're not enjoying it? And so the light bulb sort of opens like, yeah, it makes, makes total sense. But what does enjoyment mean? You know, it's a nice title. So then I started exploring that and trying to think about it. And and just when your brain's open to something, things, stuff comes in, you know, and you, you're looking for the opportunity and stuff. And I got reintroduced to Maslow at a, a networking event that I went to. There was a presentation on it. And I'd, I'd learned about it in my accountancy exams, but not really thought about it. And uh, And there was a book called Peak by Chip Connolly. Um, and he'd used Maslow as a way of engaging with uh, stakeholders, with customers, with team. It was like a, a posh hotels type thing in America and thrived during the recession and completely against trend and by using Maslow. And I was like, okay. And then it just sparked stuff up. And I thought, actually, it's all that. Um, everything I've, I've talked about, well, and each level has uh, uh, a personal and a business element to it. So, you know, um, I wrap them into four. Um, so feeling safe, as we talked about, you need to have enough money to pay the bills because you don't want to go bust. I know all about that. <laughs> um, but you've also got to be looking after your physical health. You've also got to be looking after your mental health. You've got to have your, your support network around you so that you don't not just be safe, but feel safe. And that's two different things because you can have millionaires making more and more money, but they're miserable as sin because they're scared of losing everything and they're there's all this going on. Um, so you need to you have that. Then you need to find your tribe, as we've talked about before, working with people that set you alive, that help you, that support you, good customers that you love working with, a good team that really supports you. But that requires you to get over your fears of rejection, to start opening up, to reveal yourself, to be vulnerable. All these sort of things, they come hand in hand. Uh, then your esteem, I call it inner confidence, but knowing you're doing good stuff for other people. So you're getting referrals, testimonials, people um, uh, giving you repeat business, all these sort of things that make a thriving business. But you're getting, you're not worrying. I, I, I say you're not, you're not taking feedback personally. Um, so you don't have these um, imposter syndromes, the fear of perfectionism, all these sort of um, self-worth issues kicking in. Um, so you you use feedback as a way of steering the business, not taking it on personally. Yeah. Um, and so the, these these things are kind of um, fundamental to have in place to get yourself to a point where things are okay, a good, you know, a happy business. Seven out of ten, it's all right. If you've got all those in place, if you're making money, if you're working with good people, and you know you're doing a good job, that's okay. That's not a bad life to have, you know. But there's still something missing. It's that next level up. And this is what takes somebody from a 7 out of 10 to a 10 out of 10. And Maslow calls it self-actualization. Yeah. 
don't know why he calls it that it's a pyramid in his design how the hell do you fit that into that little tiny pyramid at the top yeah uh, no one knows what it means <laughs> um but for me purpose purpose is the thing and go looking back at that first book i wrote um once i'd had these other realizations looking at it with different eyes realized it was all there and that these business owners that had lost everything uh and and had to pick themselves off the floor and start again they all discovered a new sense of purpose they'd realized that the trappings the money the house the car the suit that meant nothing what for all of them they found something that was really really important and that was the thing that got them back on their feet and drive forward again and yeah. it makes no difference if you if you're on the on the floor moving upwards or you or or, or wherever cracking that sense of purpose is the thing that makes a difference wow it's uh, really, yeah, it really does. And I, I ha I've got a couple of questions, actually, and I was going to save them to the end. Um, but I know um, a friend of mine, Rob, who's um, working in, in the corporate world and a listener of the podcast actually appeared on the podcast uh, as well. And he is a really big advocate of, of Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And he fired a couple of questions relating to self-actualization, I think because it is such a an open term. Um, but he said, is, is self-actualization an attainable goal? given the constraints such as economical and social factors. What, what are your thoughts on that? Well, if you take the um, self-actualization, I think that uh, that is an attainable goal mm. because that is you getting it. That's a sense of being. For me, it's a sense of being in the right space and being connected. Now, the consequences of that will vary. So, you can be connected and and uh, and and fully in line with your purpose, but just at the start of the journey, what does that actually mean? So, um, let me get. Let, you talked about my definition of purpose. Let me let me quickly touch yeah. on that. It might make a bit more sense because yeah. there's a bit of it which which is quite key for me. So I've I've come up with a, a sentence which uh, is from my own experience of what I've had to do to to find my purpose and things, and that they cont it contains elements and the idea behind this is is if you're not if you're not thinking you found it yet, if you're not feeling absolutely buzzy about what's going on in life <laughs> and what you're doing and where you're and it's just like if you just that seven out of ten then you you just you reflect on the different elements and think how you know where am i on that maybe i need to work on this maybe to work on that that makes sense um <clears throat> so for me a purpose is um it's a meaningful mission that's important to you but is impossible to achieve see based on or around passionate stimulating work positively driven by a deep personal why wrapped up in your own story oh okay so so yeah i mean what what really sort of hit me first of all was and referring to another film um but that uh, the pursuit of happiness oh yes uh, and um he mentions in the film well will smith's character um why why was thomas jefferson referring to it as pursuit why is it something that cannot actually ever be achieved um and you said there you know something that's <laughs> might not ever be achieved um mm. why, why do you think that is i have this sort of issue with goals <laughs> <laughs> because coming from the coaching space, you must have got to have goals. You've got to set goals for this, goals for that. Yeah. But actually, goals can create problems. They they can be limiting. Um, 
they create pressure and sometimes that's good but if it's one of the you know the, we we talk about like saying smart goals and that kind of thing it's got to be achievable and realistic and all sort of stuff but what happens when you achieve your goal what next mm. Where, and the patterns when you actually watch the patterns and i in my example i use the um the England's Rugby World Cup win in 2003. Perfect example of a beautiful goal set which they achieve, but then straight afterwards, they disappear off the face of the planet in terms of a, of a, a decent team. And this pattern repeats time and time and time again, people hitting their target and then dropping off. Um, so, so goals in the long term can have a negative impact and create pressure in their existence. If you're purpose is connect to something that you know you will never actually achieve in terms of the ultimate outcome but that every single step you take on that path is worthwhile taking then you remove the pressure of trying to achieve something and yet you're getting the success every single day that moves things forward All right okay yeah so as an example world peace the old cliche will never achieve it but if every day you're doing something to bring a, a calmer, quieter, happier, nicer, friendlier place, which moves you in the right direction, you're moving towards that destination every single time. You know you'll never achieve it, but that's okay because I'm still making the world a better place every day. Yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting, uh, quite relatable actually, because when I was developing the concept of the purpose cycle, the, the last stage at first was called fulfillment. And I thought, I don't think we ever really truly are fulfilled. Uh, we can we can gain little strands of fulfillment and um, nuggets of fulfillment, but if I call it fruition, it it can basically um, enable us to to bear fruit of what we've built. But then it very quickly kicks back to the next aspiration phase and a new cycle because we're not ever truly satisfied, or we shouldn't be. Um, so fulfillment is mentioned in my concept, but it's always towards that sort of right at the end of of your life in a way where. You could, you know, uh, well, I was saying uh, to an American guest, they uh, sat on the on the porch uh, on a rocking chair, happy with all that they've achieved in life. Um, so it's really, yeah, building towards uh, longevity and then towards the end where, of your life where you reflect, you think, I, yeah, I, I gave it a really good go and I achieved a lot. Um, but I suppose while you're on that journey, you don't really see that you sort of just relentlessly working and building and you, it, I suppose it goes like this, doesn't it? Um, so that's oh, a really interesting take on, on, on purpose there. And, and again, if, if, you know, there's other elements, element size, if your, uh, your purpose is, it's got to be something that's important to you. That's the whole point. And, and, uh, we'll touch before we go about the, um, finding um purpose because there's two ways i think of which would be relevant to your the listeners i need to touch on but um but if if you're um if you found this thing that is important to you and that you're connected to that's and and it may not doesn't have to be massive it doesn't be huge it doesn't even need to be world peace or anything like that it might just be that your uh your your town you might have a, an affiliation to the town you were born in and it it needs to be look as best as it can possibly be and what it might be and so every time you varnish the bench and get the the, the 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 gardens going or whatever it might be it could be as simple as that um for a lot of people it's their family you know it's it's that's very important but in the big scheme of things clearly isn't sorry <laughs> your kids aren't the biggest thing in the planet um but everybody's important all that sort of thing but you get my point <laughs> yeah um, 
it, it's important to you. That's the critical thing. Uh, so that creates the motivation. So you don't get to the point where you feel dissatisfied that you haven't achieved enough because you're always achieving. You're always going in the right direction and you're always motivated to move. And then, then the the challenges that we talked about before become things that you just have you, you, you will just sort out because you're driven. So you don't get the dissatisfaction that you have of having to get somewhere because you're always progressing. That makes sense. It does, yeah, yeah. Um, so let's go into the the two ways of achieving purpose now, then, because I I really wanted to sort of uh, delve into that uh, when you mentioned it. Two two different ways of is it achieving purpose or or finding. Right, finding and you find finding what your purpose is, and um, I have a belief which can be wrong. <laughs> I'll run with it, but I think we all have a purpose, and it just can take a while to uh, unpeel life until we find what it is. So some people talk about their purpose changing on moment to moment, and I think actually it's just you getting closer to the real purpose. So one of the thing, so one of the most common ways of people finding their purpose is through trauma. Again, I allude to the people who lost their business by going through uh, that traumatic experience. It helped them find their purpose. The if you, you you listen to any inspirational speaker on stage doing the big thing, they've all been bust. They've all had prejudice, sort of you know really bad life. Uh, they've had a near death experience. Uh, etc 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 they've had to have some sort of horrible situation for them to have that self-reflection to go ah now I know what I'm on put on this earth to do and that creates that energy and power and we're, we're invigilated by him and go yay we come out of those inspirational speeches going we can conquer the world but we haven't found our purpose yet and it's really important for me that you know, if you're if you're just if you're going to run set your own business up, and every business owner says actually you need to fail in order to succeed, which is a common quote, and you need to go through this traumatic situation in order to you that that therefore suggests you need to build a business plan where you go bust in three years' time, in order to be successful. Now that seems crazy to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you don't have to deliberately go through some sort of trauma in order to find it. So how do we find our purpose without going through a traumatic experience? Yeah, because the, the aim of, I suppose, of these speakers is to use their own trauma so that you don't have to go through your own. Um, mm. but many people may misinterpret that and think, I need to struggle. I need to embrace a struggle. Like you said, I need to go bust there. So, yeah, how, how do they do it without having that happen to them? Well, therein lies the challenge, and that's part of what I'm trying to do hurt people. But for me, it's open mind explore experience i would not expect uh, an 18 year old a 20 year old come out of school come out of university first job to go i know my purpose i believe that life is our opportunity to to, to gain experiences to try different things to fail to succeed do what we like to and then by having that open mind continually just looking at what's happened seeing what patterns are cropping up observe notice go in deep go in and and go out wide and and let the purpose find you and the more you're open to it and looking for it the faster it will come 
But again, like the attachment, we, we've got to remove that pressure. We don't want to have that pressure saying, you have to find purpose. <laughs> you just need to, to, to let go of that and just be curious and observe and, and be looking for it, but not saying, I must have it. Before we go into part two of the podcast, I want to make a big shout out to our sponsors, Suit Up Apparel. Suit Up Apparel are a menswear company that combines style and comfort. And all of their clothes ensure that you look great, perform great, but just feel even better. To perform at your best, you need to make sure that you have the balance of everything and Suit Up Apparel makes sure that this happens. Purpose Cycle podcast listeners can get 20% off now with the code PURPOSE. Thank you all for your tremendous support in Season 1 and I hope to do the same and get even more deals at the end of Season 2. So check out the website, suitupapparel.co.uk. That is suitupapparel.co.uk. Remember, stay sharp and suit up. A, a sort of metaphor would be like finding a, a relationship you'll, you'll see people who are, are desperately trying to find a, a partner uh, and they're looking too, too too i don't know too hard for it and then don't ever really find that right person eventually that person comes to you and i suppose that in many ways anyway uh, i suppose that's very similar to purpose you know if you go out searching too much for it um you you're almost forcing uh, a purpose upon yourself so like a a false purpose in a way have you ever had to deal with clients who who have maybe found that false purpose who have just saw an opportunity and gone yes that's it but are not really truly satisfied yeah and you know these and again this is where sort of the elements come in so you can get several traps so sometimes it's um the key words in these ones will be um, important to you and positive drive. There were the couple of things that probably tap into this. So first off is sometimes we adopt somebody else's purpose. And uh, and it makes sense. And logically, it's like, yeah, yeah, this is a really good thing to do, but we're not really bought into it. So we end up going and, and I've been there. We've all done it. Uh, but that's OK, because it's part of the exploration. You know, as long as we're being open to uh, being flexible, and and that we're all but aware we're constantly exploring i'm not too worried about it as long as you know on that front um the other trap is the positive drive so um i remember working with somebody who um was really big into charity uh every they they were they were they set up their own charities they were uh on the border charities and a lot of their they were their business was was connected with that and there were certain charities that were around it and digging down and finding why and getting to the, the the why beneath it all and what it was was ultimately it came back to, and I won't, you'll see I'm not going to mention any names here at all um, but they they had a miscarriage with their first child and she'd never really got over it even though she'd had two children since she was still haunted by this miscarriage and never dealt with it so she was doing all these things which felt that they were connected but because but they were still coming from a negative energy so she was still not able so the, more, the, the bigger things got the more they got actually it made things worse because she wasn't achieving it um and the the challenge is you've got to, it, you can't change the situation but you can uh, deal with that trauma and switch it around into a positive energy and then you start increasing the positive energy as you start building and growing and you've got to go into some deep sort of therapeutic work to do that <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, very often but 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 very often we have things coming from a negative driver and not the the, the things always going to be negative i don't mean that but it's the, the fact that we have not reconciled with it and that we're still being uh, controlled by it rather than being in control of it yeah harnessing it to a positive into a positive way for example building a charity yeah definitely um, um, and, and I use Philip Green as a Sir Philip Green as an example on the uh, we touched before about you know his drive to be successful and and trample over everybody to have as much money as possible type thing comes is in his autobiography comes from his fear of losing everything as a child he had this uh, actually a scarcity mindset and an absolute fear of losing everything and he's not resolved that so he's permanently scared of losing everything. And looks what's happened as a result. <laughs> he's lost all his. He's still doing all right in terms of cash and on yachts and things. But you know, he's one of the most hated men in Britain now. Um, and he's all got, with the skills and the knowledge and the ability he's got. Just think of the good that he could do. Yeah. So I suppose then that negative energy can get you to a point. It can maybe bring you to the table, but you have to then be able to grow and adapt and and change as you progress through a cycle because. If you if you stay on one track, um, I suppose it can it can derail you at some point. Well, it, be it becomes a trap because you say, "Well, I need that drive. That's how I become successful. I can't let go of that." And then the brain thinks, "Well, if I let go of that, then I'll fail." But actually, it, that's not how it works. But it, the the brain is very uh, switches into a very much a, a duality. And if it's not A, then it will have to be B, and there's no grey area in between or anything like that. So. Yeah. Incredible, incredible. Um, well, we'll move on to the fruition phase, uh, which is the final stage of the purpose cycle, which then kickstarts new um, cycles in itself. So, and I'm going to use one of the questions actually that I've been uh, asked to help describe this. So, how can listeners achieve that fruition, in which this case is business enjoyment? How can they actually achieve that? Is there any steps that you implement um, to first of all go through a change, whether it's a change of job or a uh, change of mindset and then how do they achieve it mm. with any um coaching situation change situation it's always contextual so you each person's going to be in their own situation um but this is the sort of the point of the model so on one hand we need to do our damnedest to make sure that we are we've got the things in place we want to have in place as much as possible and keep working on that so we do need to make sure that um you know the bills are covered that we're our, our mental health is good that our physical health is good that we're working with the right kind of people all the stuff i just talked about in terms of having in place the 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 search for purpose and finding that purpose is ultimately the thing that creates the enjoyment so um Again, you, you alluded to it too earlier on in terms of when we're talking about the impossible act, uh, I think it was the, 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 or the well, purpose in general, is that when you go looking for something, you don't get it, that dichotomy. So if you go looking for enjoyment, you won't find it. If you go looking for happiness, you'll put yourself under pressure, you won't find it. Um, the, one of the examples I use is that if, if, whenever you see a... Um, you, you probably had, had this in your school or anybody at work would have things oh we've, we've got this uh um corporate event organized and we're gonna have the team building thing and it's going to be fun we're gonna make sure we have fun we're gonna have a director of fun and all these things have cropped up in business now and yeah. you kind of know that when the director of fun's involved and there's going to be forced fun the one thing it's not going to be is fun yeah 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 
unless you're complete really lucky but in general any forced fun doesn't work um so it's that kind of thing but the the point about finding the purposes and pursuing that is it is the act of pursuing it and the act of driving forward on the purpose that gets you into flow that gets you into the state of this is what it's about and the rest falls away enjoyment becomes a consequence of pursuing the purpose right okay yeah because um say i'm a big advocate of the the law of attraction uh, mm. as well and it's it's not really enough to sit in your room um and and affirming i will be rich or i will be happy because you've got to go out and do something as well you've got to act upon your affirmations it's not, it's not, that's the key thing that often gets missed out on the law of attraction element is the action element and that's actually why the title of my first book is it, well not why because it came from a quote from uh, from somebody I interviewed but it's why i latched onto it um because the first book is called hope won't pay the wages and mm -hmm came from the fact that you would have all these people in in difficulty and they're like oh maybe the next deal the next contract will come in maybe the lottery win fingers crossed and it's like no 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 hope's not going to help you've got to go out and do something and and i think you know 2020 was a great example of this i remember at the beginning of 2020 all the law of attraction people saying oh we're going to manifest this and manifest that well look what they managed to manifest <laughs> you know and sitting in and, and exactly as you said just dreaming and imaging is great because it gets your mindset right but only when you take action will you move in the right direction yeah it's a great way for me to sort of mentally rehearse what i'm going to do and try and implement and try and picture this is what the end goal looks like because you get all of the feelings of what is associated with that that well i know you're, you're saying you're not too keen on end goals but maybe something that you are trying to aspire to get to but then again it's the the pursuit and the action that can help you eventually gain those feelings i suppose it's a constant motivator as well but but that's and uh, the phrase that one of my um one of my coaches used to use was that, that um things like goals and that sort of stuff aren't a place to get to the place to come from so the the law of attraction process what you just talked about there at the beginning of the day when you do that visualization and get yourself into the state is you it comes back to that point i said earlier on you become that person so if you imagine yourself achieving the thing you want to achieve and the feelings that come with that and all the rest of it, you're feeling them now. So you have become that person who's feeling it. And now you are in a state, a positive, energized state. And guess what happens when you move out into the world in that stage? Yeah. So going back to what we said, but what is it that's been you know, about success and, and, and can it be achieved and all the rest of it? It can be achieved now because it's a state of being in the present that actually achieves a success and the rest comes. Yeah, incre incredible. Um, so in terms of your books, then, I want to go into, um, obviously, multiple author in the uh, in the bio. So tell me about your books and what the aims of the, the books were to try and um, to, to deliver to listeners. <laughs> um, I'll do it quickly because <laughs> we could be here all day. Uh, they, they kind of actually map out my um, explorational journey, if you like, um, because at the start I had an idea and then it's, it moved off, moved on. So the, the, the first one was Hope Won't Pay the Wages, as I, which, which I just have to plug this in. At the end of last year, won an award for one of the uh, three top uh, three business books that need to be for 2020, I think it was, or something by Business Game Changer magazine. I'll just plug well, that. Congratulations. <laughs> only, only took eight years to get it, but there you go. <laughs> but um, no, so Hope Won't Pay the Wages was the one that was specifically targeted at 
helping business owners deal with the emotional stress of going through a failing business. Um, uh, and then the, the, somebody sort of helped me with the the structure and, and uh, how to create a publisher book kind of thing. Asked had a, had their own series of books going and asked me to write one or contribute one to that and said, well, how? What about the other way around? What about something that helps stops people going bust in the first place? And we worked on that and eventually it became a start book for startups. So it's sort of the flip side of it, but from the beginning. So uh, successful startups is the second one, um, and a lot of that's about getting the mindset right to actually set up your own business. And again, a lot of the challenges I've been through. Uh, then um, there's a, a, a little book just to get you thinking about some of the key traps that are kind of some of the things we've sort of touched on. Um, and it's a, um, it's a very light book, but just to get you thinking about a few things. And that's called The Successful Business Owner's Guide to Reducing Stress. Um, so again, the, the traps we often get into and that caused by our fear of rejection, our fear of uh, perfectionism, all these sort of things. Um, next one is had was multiply success. This is when I was working with another business coach and we'd actually done it by, we'd been creating a number of articles for, um, uh, you know, the, the, the social media type thing and the, the, the funnel process and all these kind of things. But it basically looks at five different areas of business, personal goals, business goals, sales, delivery, and finance. Uh, what are the key issues that you have in each one? And here are some solutions that you can think about for key issues. So there's five areas, seven issues, seven solutions for each one. Five times seven times seven, which is 245, whatever it is, multiply success. That's where the thing. So it's a dip in book. You don't want to be beginning at the start of the beginning and read through. It's a, where's my issue right now? There's a table that you can say what you score right. yourself. Say what's the area I need to focus on? Right, this turn to page 223 and whatever. That one. Um, where do I go next? I did one for network marketers. Um, if you know what network marketing is, um, MLM. Um, so Avon would have been uh, Forever Living, Utility Warehouse, these sort of things. Right, okay. I've worked with a lot of people, and uh, they were you, 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 the products provided to you, you set it on, and you build a team beneath you type thing, and you get a commission from beneath it. It's not a pyramid sale, it's a, just a way of, of um, structure. Very popular in America, quite common here now. Um, work yeah. with a lot of people that have fallen into traps, got stressed with it, loved the product, but uh, were getting stressed by the whole thing. So mm. working with them, it was it was like top 27, 28 issues they'd come up with and solutions. So that was um, LM Revisited, How to Fork in Love with Network Marketing Business. Um, blah, blah, blah. It's probably another one in there now, can't remember now. Um, but then the most... Well, I did do a, I did a collaborative book that came out just the end of last year, which is called Transforming Your Life, Volume 3. And in that, my chapter um, goes through in more detail the me, my exploration of what I discovered, what I uncovered about my personal stuff, how I found my purpose. Uh, and, and that kind of thing goes in much more detail on that side of things. Um, and that became an international bestseller uh, in 11 countries, which was nice. And then... There's another book which uh, I think I sent the, the copy I sent to you, which is more than just money. Yeah. Um, and that kind of pulled things together. It's a run through the business enjoyment model that is based on Maslow that we've touched on, uh, how you can use it to actually um, solve pretty much any business problem you've got. Um, and um, and that's, that's available to download on my website. So um, if you go onto my website, um, which will be at the end or on the notes, whatever. Um, there's a little form you fill in, and that means I get your email address. Ah! Um, but uh, don't worry, you get 
four email well one email to download the book you get a few free resources and uh, and i tell you about the breathing spaces i run which are discussion groups based around the business enjoyment model but i don't spam people so it's a couple few a few newsletters and stuff but i'm not into the hard hard sort of sell stuff so yes i will keep you informed on stuff scary but um yeah well um, obviously all of the books were listed there and uh, i very much recommend that listeners make sure that you you, you note down the books that especially to begin with that are, are suitable to your situation and and dig deeper into it there's definitely a couple in there that i'll be working my way through in the coming year and that, and that more than just money one will reference some of those things so if, if you just grab that one it will point you in the direction of the others anyway but um, but they're all on amazon so uh, right well we'll get on to the the questions that i ask uh, every every guest on the show uh, first of all what three values if you had to pick three and narrow it down do you stand by fairness i'm a big believer in fairness and and the thing that really triggers me is when um some particularly when somebody's had a position of power and abuses it um that's that really triggers me off and um yeah it, it, i mean there's not gonna be anything earth shattering here <laughs> well peace uh, but yeah so fairness is definitely one um obviously enjoyment you should enjoy what you do otherwise what's the point and and again it doesn't doesn't mean you need to be bouncing every single day enjoyment isn't about being super happy all the time enjoyment and happy are different i'll talk about the definition of that in my book uh, that i see a difference between the two but the point so you, you so it's actually okay to be miserable and and have a bad day and to be sad because that's part of our processing um enjoyment is that overarching thing and 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 as long as you're pursuing that and and being mindful of it that's the important thing um but um but yeah um enjoyment Fairness, enjoyment, and I haven't got them written down. I can't remember them now. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck for it. Well, just while while you're thinking of your third one, I just want to touch on the enjoyment. Why is it so crucial that people enjoy their work? Why can they not just go to work and that's where they earn their money and then they can enjoy the, the rest of their life outside of that? Because um, I, I know a lot of people who just see it as a job and a way to, to, to earn money. Why is it so crucial that they enjoy their work? I think you I think you can get around it so um but at the end of the day you get you're there a lot of the time and and more and more now in this today's society um work is is becoming bigger and bigger and bigger you know with the with the globalization and the ability to work from home it actually gets it harder and harder to escape from work so it becomes even more uh enveloping um but the only the only so for me it just makes Absolute sense. The the only twist would be, and again, it comes back to the definition of of um, based on or around um, passionate stimulating work, is if you can connect what you're doing for that bigger purpose, and know that you are making a deliberate sacrifice in order to do that for a period of time, then that's okay because it's actually connecting into the wider thing. So uh, I talk to a lot of people who have set business up and, and that kind of thing, and they're, they're really struggling. They know what they want to do, but they're just not making enough money. It's not working right. It's, it's okay to go and get a job. Go and get a job for six months. Fill the bank balance up again. Step out or take that contract that you ordinarily wouldn't do, kind of thing. Because, but know that you're doing it for a reason. Right. Yeah. And then 
in and connect. So you, you again, it goes back to you don't need to be happy every single day because that creates pressure. And, oh, my God, I'm not happy. I must feel bad because I'm not happy. Yeah. Um, but know why you're doing it and know that you've got other options and skills and abilities. But if you're just going to work, drudge, 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 and that carries through into your daily life as well, which is likely to do if, you're, if your soul is being destroyed on, on a day-to-day -day basis, then, yeah, the world as a whole is not going to stack up very well, is it? No, um, no. What's, you know, what's the point? Yeah. Uh, did you get your third value? Trust. Trust, Trust. Yeah. Um, And it's been one of my challenges because of the fear of rejection. The flip side of that was I found it very difficult to trust people. So I would end up doing everything myself. And, um, uh, and then when I did trust somebody, then it would always be somebody I shouldn't trust and I'll get stabbed in the back. And, <laughs> and mm -hmm. so then the walls were closing again. Yeah. Uh, so trust very important to me. And, and, uh, and, you know, that's always been something that I've, I've tried to do with other people. Even, even when I was, even when I was at, um, you know, in the corporate days, that was the feedback I was getting is that they, people could come to me because, um, they, they could trust me a to help them and B to keep it quiet and, and secret and safe. And, you know, everything I'm done dealing with some real deep personal stuff with some people. And I, I need to build that relationship with people. Oh, amazing. Amazing. Um, trust, fairness and enjoyment, three amazing uh, values there that I'm sure listeners will will definitely be able to relate to as well, and and effective for for life, not just in business as well, which is oh for sure. Fantastic. I mean, I I, I uh, as I say, business is a is a thing. It's a context. Um, what I talk about is is universal, really. It's, yeah, uh, I don't see I don't see a difference between business when you're running your own business. It, it, it intertwines, and you need to create the space, but you need to work on yourself to work on your business at the same time, and it all in, impacts on all areas. Yeah, definitely. Um, so how can listeners make the next 12 months their best yet? Well, that's up to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, I'm not fussed about the next 12 months as a thing. I don't get in. I'm not obsessed by the, the timescales. But the key thing is to take responsibility for your own life. That's mm. the key. Now, yes, Going back to the, you, you will need people to support you and help you and get that that environment around you as you talk about. But it goes back to the th you know, thing you picked up, up right at the beginning um, is um, self accountability. So if you're not in the right place, don't look around you and start moaning and complaining and being a victim and saying it's everybody else's fault. It's what can I do to make a difference to my life to make things better, whatever it is. And if it's not working, what can I do differently? Um, so that's the first thing. Um, I suppose in that, other thing, sorry, Andrew. Yeah. I suppose it, it, like once you've got the responsibility and the ownership sorted, you can use the next 12 months to catapult yourself into a long-term vision. I suppose, like you said, you're not obsessed with the, the time scale. But what they could do is is within that that smaller time frame is ensure that you at least get started. Yeah, absolutely. And the um, so the, the uh, we've sort of touched another uh, one, but come that. So, so um, take responsibility. Um, accept life as it is. So I think, I mean, and again, 
a lot of the stuff in the news and people getting worked up and stressed and, and, and all the things going on tend to be either that uh, they want the world to be the way it used to be or they want the world to be different. Two completely impossible things because the world is the world as it is now. And most stress is caused by not being present and not accepting what reality is. And the sooner you get into the now and say, okay, this is it. This is where we are right now. I'm responsible for my next steps. Great. What am I going to do? Not dreaming that it, if only this, if only that, it, it should be like this, it should be like that. But no, this is reality. I'm in control of my life. Let's start taking those few, next few steps. Yeah, definitely. Um, Andrew, I've learned an incredible amount in this time, and I'm sure we could have just been talking for, for four or five days. <laughs> <laughs> Final question. Where can listeners find you? Yeah, so um, website uh, is www.businessenjoyment.com. And uh, as I say, if, if you uh, if you do download the book, you'll get a little bit more information, point you at some of the other things, some of the free resources and stuff. Um, but there's other things to play around on there and videos to watch and stuff. I am on YouTube. I am on LinkedIn. Um, but um, uh, yeah, the website is probably the best thing. And if, you know, if anybody is um thinking about purpose if it's a something that's um forefront of their mind uh, particularly if they've had sort of experience and are going through that journey of what what am i here for i'm more than happy to uh just you know have a zoom call have a chat uh, see where they are and see if i can just point them in, uh, in the right directions um and uh and and share some of my uh, story a little bit deeper if they so wish if that helps them and um you know as one of your listeners that just that's that's on me absolutely fine um so they can email me at andrew at businessenjoyment.com uh, again that information's all on the um on the website anyway uh, and i'd be um yeah more than and just yeah mention that you listened to me on jonathan's podcast and uh i'll be more than happy to run a session with them and see what i can do to help Amazing. Thank you, Andrew. That's definitely something that I encourage listeners to to do because having that impartial voice uh, of reason is something that is definitely missing quite a lot of the time. I, I know a lot of people who ask friends and family for advice, but there's always an element of bias to it. And also, um, in terms of the direction that they get sent on, it's it's maybe the, the beliefs are either shared or different to, to somebody who they know. So speaking to somebody who is very much qualified and very much experienced in this field will, will definitely benefit. Absolutely. We, we, can't do anything, we can't do anything by ourselves. Nobody is successful. Well, that uh, concludes our episode of the Purpose Cycle podcast. Thank you so much, Andrew, for being on the show. Like I said, there's so much more that we could have delved into and talked about. So I hope that um, maybe in the future I, work, I can welcome you again to the Purpose Cycle podcast. Indeed. Thank you, Andrew. Watch me not stop, though.